Welcome to Adulthood Made Easy, a podcast from Real Simple Magazine that will not only help you navigate real life, but win at real life. I'm your host, Sam Zabel. Today on the show, we have a very special guest, someone who many of you probably know from seeing the show Broad City on your television every week on Comedy Central. I'm joined by Abby Jacobson, one of the series creators, executive producers, and stars of the show. And she recently released a new book that we're going to talk about today, Carry This Book, something she wrote, illustrated, and is sitting right in front of me and is vibrant, beautiful, and, of course, funny. So Abby, as we've seen from Broad City, is someone who really understands what it's like to navigate real life and do so with humor. And her new book is no exception. So let's chat with her today and talk about the book that I know all of you will want to read. Welcome, Abby. Wow, that was so nice. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you for having me. Thank you for being on the show. I mean, everything I, I could have gone on for a long time. I could have I been was like, like, oh, my goodness. This is so, <laughs> that, that was really so nice. You like, oh. made my day. Well, okay, the feeling is mutual because as I said to you right before we got on the air, everyone who knows me knows that I'm not necessarily like, you wouldn't refer to me as like super cool. I go to bed at 8.30. I'm a big fan of, you know, reading historical books and things like that. But I was like talking to Abby gets my cool factor up by a million percent. And now I can just do whatever I want and be a hermit this week and no one can yell at me. <laughs> so, I think those things you said before make you very cool. I'm extremely jealous of your 8.30 p.m. bedtime. Okay. I just want, if the producers can cut that clip and I'm just going to replay <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Abby, I want to talk to you about your book today because like we said, everyone probably knows you from Broad City, but even though your sh- your character in the show is an illustrator, people might not have realized how talented you actually are. You're a wonderful illustrator. And I'm just so curious. I know you graduated with a degree in fine arts um, from the Maryland Institute College of Art. But I want to know more about when you started illustrating, how you developed this skill, because, I mean, you have a full color book here in front of me that, you know, you didn't pick this up yesterday. You clearly know what's what's up and what you're doing. So why don't you tell us about how you got started drawing? I think it was just something that uh, my parents just got my, I have an older brother uh, who's about three and a half years older than me. And they really just like started that from a pretty early age. I wrote a little bit in the acknowledgements that, you know, gifts for us a lot of times were art supplies, which was amazing because we were, I feel like as a kid, I was always drawing. There's so many sketchbooks in my mom's basement right now that are just filled. Like, even if we were watching TV, I feel like we were drawing at the same time. Mm -hmm. And My parents are both very creative. My mom, um, when I was growing up, did a lot of ceramics uh, and she did a lot of craft shows and she still makes all sorts of different kinds of mediums in her house outside Philly. And my dad is a a graphic designer, environmental graphic designer, and my brother is a graphic designer as well. And so it was just sort of like ingrained in in my family that being in, in the creative world was something that I wanted to do. And in high school, I went to a really great high school called Conestoga High School that had a really wonderful art program. And mm-hmm. my brother had gone through it and I sort of tended to follow what my brother did. And I got really into drawing and all sorts of stuff in high school in that program and then decided to go to art school. And at MICA, I just, you know, I was a general fine arts major. And so I did a lot of big paintings and drawings and I ended up being a video minor, which ended up sort of being the beginnings of me wanting to get into comedy. But when I moved to New York, 
uh, I didn't have a studio space anymore. So at Micah, I had this big room that I could just do these big, big, large-scale things on. Uh, but when I came to New York, I had this tiny apartment in Astoria, which is in Queens. A, tiny, a tiny apartment in New York? That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy, Everyone in right? New York lives in mansions, I thought. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Um, but I had only, I only had like a desk in my room. And so I started doing these small little illustrations. And that's sort of like where my like dual, like dueling careers sort of started. I mean, I was, I moved here to pursue comedy. And so I was really, really trying to do that. And at the same time, I was kind of trying to do, I was kind of trying to make artwork be my day job, which wasn't totally successful. Every once in a while it was, but I still had to have all the shitty day jobs. But at the same time, I managed to do art as much as I could and try to make some, some money doing it. So you were selling your art to where? Like, Yeah, so I had this greeting card company that I oh, would fun. sell to stores all over the city. I was sort of like a traveling saleswoman. Um, I'd sell to stores and all the stuff that my character does on the show, I did. So I had a table in Union Square and on um, West Broadway. You know, you just set up a table and tr- I tried to sell my cards and I did all these cityscapes. Which then came into play when you did the coloring books. You did New York and San Francisco and you drew beautiful cityscapes for people to actually color in themselves. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, once we sold the show and I had an agent, I realized that the agency probably has a book department <laughs> and I had always wanted to do the, I'd always wanted to do something. And I don't even know where, why I decided to do coloring books, but it was sort of like, you know, it was before the coloring book craze. Weirdly. I was just going to say, did you start, are you in charge of the coloring book trend? Because now I probably see coloring books hit the real simple offices like every day. I just got three Dr. Seuss ones on my desk. Yeah. Dr. Who. I think I led the, I think I'm at the, I was at the forefront. I just didn't, didn't quite hit that success the same way that a lot of those did. Maybe, maybe you needed to do Dr. Seuss because I literally got three of those. I mean, clearly yeah, the, yeah. the market is there. And, you know, you brought up something interesting, which is that you had the comedy career and the drawing career. And something that struck me about this book is it's really funny. I mean, you're really creative and you illustrate the bags of real people. You illustrate the bags of Beyonce, of Michelle Obama, of Donald Trump. Um, and you de- illustrate Sherlock Holmes bag, uh, Leslie Nope's bag, someone very close to my heart. And <laughs> you're very funny. As an actor, so you're a funny performer, you're a funny writer, and now you're a funny illustrator. Like how those seem very different different and difficult to me to kind of make all of those different avenues of comedy work. So how do you find the different things that work in those three areas? It's weird. I mean, I, I do think the book is funny. I think there are... It's definitely you funny, know, 100%. I think my, most, my, most, my goal really was to make it first and foremost, like visually appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, mean, I guess I was, we're all working at the same time. So I am trying to just create an engaging page. So whether it's visual or whether it is the comedy element of it, but they're all different. Like some of them are commenting on something in a way that I guess, I guess the commenting is, is the funny part. Sorry. I'm like working this out with you right now. No, that's but, um, good. Let's talk it I through. Think it's just, <laughs> I think it for me it's it's just a different medium like it's the same as you know when Alana and I write the show and we're writing uh like comedic 
scenes and, and dialogue and all that, it's very different than if we write a movie mm-hmm. because it's longer and it's like a, it's, you know, it's similar, but it's different. It's the same as if I were to try and do like just a character or if I were to try to do stand up, like they're all different approaches. And so a visual joke, you know, there was a lot, once I sort of created the format, which is, there was all these different ways to put a joke on the paper. So I could create a new product that someone might carry mm-hmm. or I could have it be in someone's to-do list or it could be in one of the call-outs that is me talking to you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like The more I really got into it, the more I realized, oh, there's so many different ways for me to yeah, find humor in all this stuff. Yeah, And, you know, when you write a joke, I assume with a collaborator, you kind of bounce ideas back off of each other and see what hits and what does. I have no idea. I've never written a joke before in my life, but <laughs> I assume there's some sort of back and forth. But something about drawing in, in this book feels a lot more personal to who you are. And I'm curious, you know, how you how did you check the jokes with other people or did you just kind of send this book and have it ready to go? Like, was there a feedback process? Did you how long did this take to put together or was it very much more of an intimate personal project? I didn't like send the joke, the feedback or I didn't send anything for feedback on that, like that end, because I did feel like this is just going to be my voice. And the way I work is pretty improvisational. And I did this book very fast. So the only thing that I did was I would sketch it. I would sketch the page in pencil and I send it to the publisher for le- for legal reasons mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm, I'm drawing about somebody that exists, you know, also for like spelling and grammar, mm-hmm. especially with the fictional characters legally. They, they just had to look at it before I went to, to ink. Mm-hmm. But then once I went and did the ink and the color, that was, that was really it. Right. That's why if you look through the book, there's like all these mistakes because uh, like the like markers would go go dry and I didn't have the the same color. So I'd have to like change the color in the middle. And there was something that I really liked about that because you're seeing my process. Mm-hmm. So when I'm drawing those call outs, which are the little things with the arrows, mm-hmm. a couple of times I just like misspelled or like almost made a mistake. And there was something about calling out that mistake and leaving it that was so freeing to me, which is like, no, this is the final thing. And I didn't get some you know, some someone to Photoshop it. It's like being inside your sketchbook in a way, yeah, exactly. which is really exciting. Yeah. We should give people a little more information because I'm sitting here basically reading the book while you talk, but not everyone is has the book in front of them, maybe. So every page is a two, you know, sometimes it's a two page spread or one page spread of just this full color imagination of what's inside someone's purse, inside someone's suitcase, inside someone's any type of bag they might carry. There are so many different ones. So um, why did you choose bags? I mean, you say you are what you carry. So why this, why did you choose to do this as opposed to, I don't know, what's inside someone's fridge or what's inside, you know, something else? Why bags? It was a bunch of things. I think, well, first, first it was inspired by this book I read. Um, it was like a required reading when I was in middle school called The Things They Carried. Yeah, Kim O'Brien. Yeah. Yes. And, I, you know, I haven't read that book since I was like in eighth grade, so I don't remember everything about it. But what stood out to me and what just stuck with me was the way he told the story was through describing what was in these Vietnam vets bags. And that was sort of how these characters were explored throughout the book. And 
I just, I don't even know why I remembered that. And like right when I was pitching the book, it was just something that I had been traveling a lot lately and I've just always been fascinated with what people bring and like there's so many choices that you make Mm -hmm. in that, in that process. And living in New York, when you leave in the beginning of the day, you oftentimes aren't going to go home until the end of the night. And you have to really like think about the whole day and like all the possibilities that come with that. And it's true. That's ex- it's really exhausting to carry a bag in New York. Yeah. I, and I, I carry like, like two at sometimes. Like I have my purse and then I have like my in case of any possible disaster bag that exactly. I carry. Exactly. And like <laughs> you start to acquire more and more than like where there's new stuff that you get and you're like, I have to have this with me now. It's, I don't know. And then even how people organize their their stuff too says so much. Like, so people are really messy or, or neat. And I didn't get into that as much, but I don't know. I just felt like that area of what people carried and the way they carry it and all of that was just so fascinating. I felt like there was so much to explore and I don't know, we're in such a like voyeuristic celebrity driven culture right now where I felt like in doing this, I, I would get, I got to comment on people I really liked and people I really don't like. And I got to poke fun at people and I got to normalize people. And it was this opportunity to just use my imagination as well as the research I did about these people to elaborate who they might be. Yeah, I love it. And I think there's something I like the idea of normalizing because there's something of like, oh, my gosh, they have crumpled up receipts in their bag, too. You know, it's great. And they keep their to-do lists and they have, you know, broken pieces of candy and whatnot. And and there's something really cool about seeing things in common with your own purse as you page through the book of like, oh, my gosh, I keep that so funny. I keep that in my bag, too, or kind of exactly prompts you to dig through or at least me to dig through the depths of my purse. Like we said, you have fictional people and real people. So why do both? Why not just pick made up or real? You know, I don't even know why I decided to do that. I, I guess I just thought it would be fun for me to get to someone like like Joey Tribbiani and Carrie yeah. Bradshaw. Those two were so fun for me to draw because I love both those shows. And me getting to fill out Carrie Bradshaw's date book, I mean, it's like the ultimate fan fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I Carrie know, Bradshaw's I know so kind much of about those characters and, and about those shows. It's just like, right? It was really fun, and they're kind of real to us in a way. Like sometimes I forget you that, like, forget that those are characters <laughs> as you're yeah. reading. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, Joey. Of course, Joey. I think lives around the corner from me, and I'm like, oh no, wait. And no. those were so much <laughs> easier to meet for me because, you know, we're already shown so much of who they are. Right. Those those people are more developed than maybe I feel like I am at this stage of my life. Or just me me trying, if I try to do Sarah Jessica Parker's bag, it would right. be a lot more difficult Cause we don't. than Carrie Bradshaw's. But if, Sarah, if you want to call and tell us what's in your bag, we'll add it to the book, maybe. <laughs> yeah. She wants to call in. You also reveal a lot about, if people look closely, you reveal, reveal a fair amount about yourself in the book. I mean, we learn about what's not only do we learn about what's in your bag, but we learn some of your packing tips. Yep. We learn that when you were a child, you love to organize your school supplies for your book bag. Um, you have an astigmatism. And oh, yeah. 
forgot I put that in there. I do. <laughs> I was like, how do you know that? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm right behind you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I read the book. I did my research. It's a really easy book to read, luckily. Yeah, it is very easy. Be great if we were assigned this in school and be like, yep, did my homework. I'm good. <laughs> so what did you want to communicate about yourself through this book? And what did, what's the message you want people to take about you, Abby Jacobson? Oh, man. I, you know. No pressure. I don't know. I, I, I think there's some things that I comment on that I think are important in the book, even though it's a very silly book. I think there's some serious stuff in there. I think that, I don't know, about me. Maybe it's just you wanted people to know you had astigmatism. It's important. I think that may be it. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it, this is just like another, I hope like the more, I hope I get to work for a long time and I hope I am always doing projects that are revealing of myself in some way, in a different way. And yeah, this definitely has so much of me in it. I, whew, it might be easier for someone else to say. I don't know. <laughs> we'll we'll get back to you. We'll see what okay. people say, and then I'll send you all the survey results. Okay. And then I we have to ask, since we're here talking about purses, what is the one thing that you always carry in your bag? Can't live without. I think the thing if I leave, if I forget this, I'm so annoyed. Which is a notebook. Mm. I'm a big notebook person. I have a lot of different ones, mm -hmm. a notebook and a pen. And I'm also a big pen person. There's a whole page on what tools I used to make the book. Right. Um, and if I forget one of those, I'm usually upset and I usually have to go buy one. I thought about what my answer would be because I figured it was only fair if I'm like grilling you. And I decided mine was bobby pins because I'm always, oh. I want to keep my, I'm, it's such a weird thing, but I'm always like searching in my bag, convinced that I have 18 bobby pins but I never, I usually have zero or maybe one, but I yeah, always want them. If you use it. bobby pins and don't have one, that's the worst. It is. Use it, a paper clip. I know. That's, well, so maybe I need to stock up on that too. Abby, it was so great to talk to you and I can't wait for everyone to buy this book carry, and carry this book. The book is called Carry This Book. And I hope to see more picture books from you in the future and novels and epic journals and everything in the world because you are so creative and talented. Well, thank you so much. This was such a pleasure. And yeah, I, this was definitely very motivational for me to like keep doing some more stuff in this arena. Please do. And then you can come back and tell us all about it. Maybe next time it'll be like carry this water bottle and it'll be every type of water who bottle. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> who knows? That's why you write the books and I don't because my <laughs> ideas would be like a three page book. <laughs> that was Abby Jacobson, one of the creators and stars of Broad City and the author of her new book, Carry This Book. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Adulthood Made Easy. If you have questions or topics you'd like me to cover in the future, just tweet them to me at Zabel and I'll add them to my list. I'd like to thank our producers, Jordan Bell and Kristen Meinzer, and our editor, Tim Einenkel. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe and review the show in iTunes. I'm Sam Zabel, and I'll see you next time. I think those things you said before make you very cool. I'm extremely jealous of your 8.30 p.m. bedtime.